Had you only hours to convince a beloved friend that there is value in the things that you value? Would you search through space and time to find the perfect words to convey your convictions? When every word counts, rise and proclaim your opinions to be the light of the galaxy. Welcome to Star Trek Sucks. This is a podcast. I like Star Trek. My name's Leo. Hi, I'm, I'm Jack. I'm glad you checked the peak with your normal voice and then opened with that. I like yelling, too. Mm, you sure do, buddy. Like, you sure do. I like Star Trek and yelling. <laughs> uh, we are going to start this episode off as we do every episode when Jack tells us what happened on the last episode. Jack! Um, so I remember it because you actually did some research and it was... So that inscrutable title of the last episode <laughs> turned out to be a piece of Irish Republican poetry, yeah. I guess, or doggerel, um, about how uh, fuck the British. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's pretty funny. So it's, um, I'm actually, I should have looked it up before we started recording, uh, but it was a, uh, oh God, kind yeah, of moment. Up, up the found- long ladder is a reference to um, how long the ladder is to get up to the gallows. Yeah. And how the king should go up the long ladder. Yeah. And how the Pope's cooler than the King. Yeah, the full line is up the long down, up the long ladder, down the long rope. Uh, something, something about the King and long live the Pope, or yep. something like that. Yeah. So yeah, it's about how the King should be fucking hung. Yeah. <laughs> and the Pope is cool. Which I mean, if you're if you're an cur- Irishman, probably. <laughs> I mean, the current Pope's pretty good as Popes go. Seems better than yeah, better than the last one. Better than the King too. The just any of them. Oh, any kings. Okay, I was going <laughs> to yeah. say because they don't. There's not currently. They don't have a king right now. Um, and uh, and what we did not do is uh, is ask you to guess what was going to happen on this episode. Oh, also, I did not describe at all what happened on the last episode. Oh, other well. than to bring up the, well, like whatever. It was the I was the space Ireland and space England episode. Yeah, and you fell in love. Mm. Well, lust. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to wash that woman's feet <laughs> while she yells at me. Yeah. That's all. <laughs> just normal stuff. Just regular stuff. Just Don't look at me like that. Normal stuff, you guys. I just want to have that lady yell at me. <laughs> I want to stumble home drunk. I want her. To, I want her to be real mad at me, and then I want to wash her feet. That's it. That's oh the whole thing. God, that sounds amazing. Ah. <laughs> uh. Okay. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> this week's episode is called Manhunt. Mm. But it's about a manhunt of some sort. That is true. Would you like to guess with any more specificity? Nope. Okay. <laughs> All right. It's a Klingon chit. Nope. Okay. Nope. It's uh it's it's it involves a character you do not care for. Oh, well, that's it. <laughs> Large pool. Yeah. Um Actually, that's not true. I'm coming around on most of the characters. It's either Wesley or fucking Doctor Pulaski. Nope it's a it's it's a character that we have not seen since the character's introduction in season one. Oh no, I don't know who it is, but oh no. <laughs> oh fuck you! <laughs> it's gonna be fun. Fuck you! I'm excited. I've been. Uh, this is one of the ones I've been excited uh, about all, all season. <laughs> um, all right, what else should people watch? Um, check out the, so I had this like weird, 
uh, people kept constantly bringing up fucking Gravity's Rainbow, and I'm like, I guess I'll fucking read Gravity's Rainbow again, which is like a once in a decade kind of read because it it's a long ass book, right? It's, I mean, it it is it is long, but it's also extremely dense and so full of like everything is alluding to something like nothing means anything it's widely regarded as the sort of originer originator of the like postmodern novel uh-huh. um don't read that um <laughs> it's, it's this is it's bad I, for you i am fairly certain <laughs> that this is the first time uh that it during this segment that you have brought up something described it in order to say don't read this i'm segueing into something you should read motherfucker (laughs) um but no i do i do really like the way that pinchon writes i think he's very funny um i think he just it's not even getting up his own ass it's getting up your ass to the point where you're like where am i um and some of his more complicated stuff but check out the crying of lot 49 um it is a it's actually shorter than the sirens of titan okay it has a similar kind of story structure where it's all kind of just a big joke okay. and a bunch of shit just happens um and it's very entertaining it's a great it's a great read yeah and sirens of titan was short enough for my dumb ass to read so mm. that wasn't where i was going with that but <clears throat> no but I, no that's I'm, I'm putting that one on myself i'll i'll take that um one. you should fine. read that though you should read crying a lot 49 it's fun it's right. a good read it's 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 not sci-fi. It's sort of more like a left-wing paranoid thing of like the early '60s. Um, okay, but it's good. It's a good book. Um, I want to talk about, uh, or I want to recommend something uh, this week too. Uh, I want to recommend basically uh, the entire body of work of uh, Chadwick Boseman. Hmm. Um, I I think it was just the. F- shock of his uh sudden death because he and everybody close to him kept his illness uh very quiet yeah i think everybody is i don't i don't want to say anybody's grief is invalid or anything but like i think everybody is kind of making a big deal out of this because he died in a way that we that celebrities don't die these days yeah um which was very surprising and and it's also like okay there's another thing um, you know, in a year that has had some <laughs> yeah. things. Yeah, yeah, this year sucks. Um, um, but I just, uh, I, I've always, I always appreciated the guy's work, um, and I've been wa- rewatching uh, a bunch of his stuff because I mean, the the Marvel Cinematic Universe stuff. It's like, like the the you you can't overstate the importance of the rep- representation uh, that that Black Panther is and the impact that I've heard from like all of the the black voices that I. Sure. That I listened to. Yeah, I mean, um, I have a very conflicted opinion on that movie, but but yeah. I but I know a ton of black people that said no, this is important to us, and it's like okay, well, I can't argue, I can't say you're wrong. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I can't say that it's a movie about it's an anti-colonial movie about Africa where there's a, a good guy that's in the CIA. Yeah, I can say that there are there and are. And, and and just kind of arch my eyebrow. Yeah, there there are if you really want to be a hardcore leftist about it, there are some things to arch your eyebrows about, mm, which I do. But the important <laughs> listeners in case you're just joining us, <laughs> Jack wants to be a hardcore leftist about some things. But yeah, all that being being but said. But but I also yeah. like I'm I am empathetic enough with people to know that like 
No, like if it means something to you, it means something to you. Yeah, and I mean, if I thought it was really enjoyable, but setting that aside, fuck, I just finished watching um, uh, the uh, James Brown biopic, and uh, yeah, and I haven't seen him in anything else, which is my bad. Yeah, Get On Up is really fucking good. I mean, it's the kind of performance where you forget that you're watching an actor. Yeah, it's and I, I will of... say, like he. In as much as that as it is possible to be a good actor in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, which is not very much because mostly you're just covered in CGI robot parts. Yeah, he he was pretty. He was better than most people. He was really good, and honestly, that's one of the I think. So I, I would actually really like to see him like act. Yeah, and, um, and honestly, so I, I will check that. That's out. one of the 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 other strengths of Black Panther because I was thinking about it and watching it again because not only him but several of the other actors. Uh, and again, setting setting aside potential problems that you may have with the the mm. content of the film, <laughs> the performances are fucking flawless. Um, Angela yeah. Bassett, and I forget the name of the actress who plays his little sister, but she's fucking amazing. And it's particularly amazing when you watch them uh, when you watch them being interviewed and realize how far different the characters that they play that they're playing are from the, the themselves. Sure. Yeah. Um, that's one of the huge things because the character his his performance in. Uh, get on up is very different for, to his performance in Black Panther, and then I've seen a bunch of like interviews and stuff with him since he died, and uh, and yeah, the way that he speaks and carries himself when he's just being himself is so different to uh, what, the way he is when he's uh, playing a character. And I mean, I just it's fucking amazing. The guy put together a a, a world class uh, portfolio per, of performances in what is basically. 10 years yeah. of something like you that. know like yeah. i mean he'd been acting longer than that but uh i think his big break was in the uh jackie robinson biopic which wasn't even 10 years ago it was like seven years yeah. ago yeah uh so yeah watch some chadwick boseman movies oh man that sucks because this is also the anniversary or was very close to the anniversary of jackie robinson's uh death yeah um because i just i because work is work is uh slow in the daytime sometimes mm-hmm. so i sometimes watch long uh biopics on mm. espn so i watched the whole thing about jackie robinson check out espn's biopic on jackie robinson <laughs> uh or not biopic but biography i yeah. guess um very good um is it biopic or biopic i'm always back and forth i don't about know i don't I, I hear both of those pronunciations. listeners do not get at us about <laughs> listeners this. get at us on nope. twitter.com <laughs> nope this is the one time I don't want you to engage. <laughs> At the real Donald Trump. <laughs> and let us know what you think the correct pronunciation of the word. Uh, it will have just as much effect as all of the fucking comedians tweeting at him. Mr. President, sir, this is undecent. Oh, I do. <laughs> yeah. I thought everybody was past trying to talk sense into him. Oh, God, no. Um, now, well, I mean, yes, but now it's a way to raise your profile or whatever the fuck. Oh, is it? I um, mean, it has been for years. Well, anyway, um, I feel like we should, there should be something. Be- oh, I know I can, uh, we can, uh, I'm going to bring it, bring it back up, mm-hmm. raise the, raise the energy. No uh, more dead people. No more dead people talk. It's my dog's birthday. Ah, congratulations. He's Happy a, birthday, Socrates. He's asleep over there and barking in his sleep. Good yep. job, buddy. Get the get those sleep rabbits. Whatever. Sure. Yeah. All right. Manhunt. Mm. 
Oh, here she comes. Watch out, boy. That's Shut that song is called Man Eater. That's close enough. It's not close enough. You're listening to Star Trek Sucks, the only Star Trek podcast. Now here are your hosts, Jack Gunn and Leal Cardoza. Okay, I want to say right off the top, um, if you just listened to the intro and you detected that I was in kind of a good mood, I had a certain generosity of spirit, I was, was happy about your dog having a birthday or whatever <laughs> bullshit, that's all fucking gone now, bitch. I fucking hate doing this. I hate this fucking show. Fuck this episode. Fuck this entire project. Fuck everything. How come? Well, we'll get into it. <laughs> uh, that's right, listeners. It is the... Oh, triumphant's definitely not the word. It is the uh, return of Luoxana Troy. Among other things. It's it's an episode designed to just... Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, it's, it's really designed for you to hate it. So there are two redeeming features to this episode. Um, one of which... Unless you were reading the credits closely, I don't think you know about. No, what? I'll tell you at the end then. Okay. And the other one is is the return of Loxana Troy it means the return of Mr. Hom. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was fucking also, rocks. <laughs> there's also the good job data, which we shouldn't jump directly to, but that I but that was I, I that I actually okay. had some problems with that scene too. All right. Let's get into it. Okay. All right. Okay. So we are transporting okay. two fish people. Also, my first note was, oh, fuck, I just realized what it was. What? Like the character from the first season. Oh. <laughs> like 30 seconds in, I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> and then, a, I don't know, a minute and a half, and I'm like, no, God, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so we're transporting two fish people um, who are from a race that is, they are able to uh, go into a state of self-induced catatonia, which jealous, personally. Mm-hmm. I love a good self-induced catatonia. Yeah. Hence the... Uh, like, if I could just... Hence <laughs> the alcohol. If I could just go into a catatonic state, and then I'll, and then I just wake up and just gorge myself from a bucket. Mm. It's the dream. That's the dream. It's the dream. <laughs> it is. Uh, but yeah, so the ship is joined by uh, Picard's mom, who is going through... Not Picard's mom. I mean, fucking... <laughs> That makes this a much worse episode, actually, <laughs> that is, somehow. That would be, yeah, no, uh, Deanna's mom, um, who is going through betazoid menopause, which makes her have to find a husband. Mm, well, what it actually does is quadruple her sex drive, but then they present the only honorable solution to that is just absolutely gaslight and abuse and and coerce somebody into marrying you to be your primary sex partner yeah. rather than just going and fucking a lot. Yeah. Which seems much more ethical. Yeah. And like, I'm on record as, as being finding the, the swinger community somewhere between disgusting and hilarious. And, and all the people that are on Tinder and Bumble now saying they're ethically non-monogamous. My critique is, man, you, you really, you really say ethical a lot yeah. about what you're doing. Yeah. What's what's up with how much you say you, what you're doing is ethical? Have I ever told you um, about the time that I got a uh, an online dating message from somebody who was in a, let's say, open marriage, I think, mm. 
poly or open marriage or whatever it was. Have I told you that story? No. Okay, so I get this message, um, and it's uh, you know generic intro message, but I looked at the profile, looked in the pictures, nothing of interest to me. Sure, just not attracted to the person. Nothing that they had. Yep. Nothing that she had to say was interesting to me. So I just ignored it, like you do. Like you do. Um, you just yeah, you just don't respond. A week later, I get a message from the same account. Mm. It's like, hey there. Uh, I was going through my emails, and I had an email from my husband. My husband saying that, and there, and I remember specifically that there was nothing on her profile saying that she was married. Um, I had an email from my husband saying that she had me- that he had messaged a guy on here for me. Mm-hmm. So your husband's got access to your uh, whatever fucking online dating account it was. He has access to your account. He can send messages for you. He can masquerade as you. And send messages. Yeah, this all seems very ethical to yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. Wildly ethical. Super cool. I mean, like, look, everybody do whatever the fuck you want, but I think that so many of the non-monogamous people have just made it an identity to sort of claim victimhood when they're told that, no, you don't just get to do whatever the fuck you want all the time. Yeah, it, whatever you um, whatever you want to do and whatever works between you and however many partners you have is fine. Right. But you also need to accept that like monogamy is still the default for most of us and some of us like it. Yeah. In fact, I I I don't want to <laughs> yeah. be involved with a whole bunch of other people. Yeah. Like the idea of plural sex has certainly crossed my mind because mm. I'm a man. But the biggest drawback to me is always the fact that I am not emotionally mature enough to handle yeah, to, yeah not to, ha- to handle that with somebody sure. that I actually care about, and I'm not interested in having sex with a bunch of people that I don't care about. So, no, not no, no. Thank anyway, you. but but what I going way roundabout on this, um, that is the solution to her problem. Yeah, the yeah. solution to she her problem is not to coerce somebody into marrying her. So that she can get enough pipe. Yeah. No. If she had showed up on the uh, on on the on the ship just on a fucking dick mission. Yeah. If she had just said, if she had just hung a red light out of outside of her fucking cabin door, said, "It's we're open for business, boys." Yeah. Things would have been fine. It would and it would and it would have been much more ethical than this. And it would have made much <laughs> more sense with the way that it's written. And most of what's you know most of the bad writing in here, I want to look at through our our lens of taking it at face value and believing it as far as the mm. you know the 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 world that they're creating is concerned. But that one, it's really fucking difficult to because they make the point several times that it's her sex drive that has increased and therefore because of her increase in sex drive she has to fucking harangue somebody she has to into- get a husband yeah because there's no other way to get dick yeah this is like something written in the 50s yeah like this this could this would make more sense as an original series episode it kind of would because then like it would at least match the morality of the, or the you know yeah espouse morality of the times but it's like Man, this is late '80s. Like, we yeah. all know at this point that like people people are, f- people are fucking outside of marriage. People in the are 80s. sucking and fucking. Yeah, people are fucking snorting cocaine and yeah. just licking. And we've been through the '60s and '70s at yeah. this point. Everybody knows, right? Like, everybody knows about fucking. Anyway, I mean, um, I don't know. It might have been like a weird period of moral regression. I don't know. Do I you really wanna, don't know. Do you want to talk about Worf being normal? Mm, I would love to talk about Worf being normal. <laughs> <laughs> he, which, 
so you're talking about how much he really admires the aesthetics of these these horrible squid monsters. <laughs> yeah. Um, which again, the secret reveal that I'm going to give to you at the end of the episode, all of these scenes are much more delightful when you know what I know okay. about, about one of those squid monsters. Okay. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's he. He's like, what a handsome race. Yeah. And what, it comes back. Which they, like, they don't look disgusted. They they just look like aliens. Yeah, they look like any of the other alien races. They look like a. Which a, again, like Troy's cunt mom is like. Oh my god, I, those would look so much better with some like cocktail sauce. Yeah. And it's like, you're an ambassador. Yeah, why are you the diplomat? <laughs> How the f- what the <laughs> fuck is wrong with you? What is wrong with your people? Don't you have to talk to other races well, but for she, your job? But she announces herself as a hereditary title, so that's what's wrong with yeah. her people. Yeah, it's true. Because uh, hereditary titles are... Fucking bullshit. Interestingly, uh, you remember the uh, the holodeck porn program that uh, Bashir bought from uh, Rom at his bar mitzvah mm. in the last bonus episode? Yeah. Uh, I believe, I didn't have time to look it up, but I believe it was like the sacred love goddesses or whatever of Rick's. Uh, and that also is one of the, was one of the planets or houses that was mentioned as being part of Luaxana's hereditary line. Mm-hmm. I mean, it it would sort of make sense in the sense that, like, basically, I mean, she's she's just like a brainwasher. Like, she does actual gaslighting. Like, gaslighting has become just saying anything you don't like. But, like, she actually is gaslighting people where she's, like, constantly saying, I can read your thoughts and I can tell you what you're thinking, like, what you say you're thinking isn't what you're thinking. Which, like, if somebody, like, if you, like, legitimately believe somebody could read your thoughts and they kept telling you that no, like what you think you're thinking is wrong. You it would eventually be like, well, I don't fucking know, man. Maybe that, that <laughs> could potentially work on some people, but I do want to talk about that. And, and, and I, I actually have to give the writers credit. They actually kind of did a good job because they established that she's going through this betazoid menopause, which, uh, which is supposed like impacts her ability to be, uh, accurate telepathically because you got this dinner scene. Yeah, but she did the same shit on the last episode where she showed up, where she was just constantly like, "Oh, Picard, I couldn't, I can't believe you thought that about me." Oh, Riker, why would you look at me like that? And it's like, yeah, but there's more consequence. She's for just her. using it. She's just using it as a fucking cudgel. Well, she usually is, but I'm, I'm saying like, there's more potential consequence for her. Um, because she is potentially facing rejection because she is actually trying to find a husband. Um, so her inability to be accurate, her inability to correctly read Picard when he is so clearly fucking uncomfortable uh, in this dinner scene, um, like it actually has a potential consequence for her. Mm. Are you saying you sympathize with this horrible woman? No, absolutely who could, not. Who is presumably like old or like middle-aged no late no. middle-aged and could have developed some kind of fucking introspection and could have come to this with some sort of wisdom knowing that this was coming to her and instead just decided well what if i was more of a fucking asshole here's an interesting question for you do we think that she is typical of a betazoid woman god i hope not right like it's because you've got two possibilities. Either she is, and you've got an entire world that just 
acts like this, which kind of makes sense in terms of how could a person get to be her age and think that this is an acceptable also way to in behave. Also in a leadership position. Right. I mean, what should they... Like, if she comes It's from also a, established that they have hereditary leadership still, which... Yeah. Um, um, but... But, yeah, if, if she came to... If she comes from a planet where this is just normal fucking behavior, it makes way more sense that she is a goddamn adult and acts like this. Um, yeah, I, I'm kind of inclined to to think that that's the case. Just every woman on Beta Z just goes and fucking completely insane yeah. at a certain age, and all the men are just like, "Well, one of them's gonna get me." Yeah. Well, I mean, you you would assume that a fair number of women are already married and they just wear their husbands' dicks out when they come to this phase. Sure. Um, and but yeah, if you you'd have just guys around being like, "Oh shit." Uh, she's single and she's about to turn for, to, to about to turn forty five. Ooh, time to go camping. Yeah. <laughs> time to. Mm. Oh well, I don't want to jump ahead into the other thing I hate about this episode. Yeah, just um, yet. So, um, so we got to get into the the really long form good job data. Yeah. Well, first we've got a uh, good job Hom um cuz he shows up and does what Hom does. Mm. She beams over by herself at first and I was about to be so fucking pissed if oh. she showed up without Hom. We would not be recording the second part of this episode <laughs> if Hom had not shown up. I would have just left. <laughs> you would be recording this by yourself. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Picard uh, unwittingly gets uh, duped into going to a one-on-one romantic candlelit dinner mm-hmm. uh, with Luoxana in a, a low-cut dress. He brings a bottle of what appears to be Romulan ale, which mm-hmm. um, immediately which, chugs. again is not ale, and then he's, it's some sort of liquor. It is blue liquor. Yeah. Just thick blue liquor. And also, it's been established earlier that it is like rough. Like it's not... It's like a it's like a barrel proof whiskey or something. Like well, it's it, not something you you drink lightly. No, but who the f- I mean, you think Hom gives a fuck? Well, no, that's that's what I'm saying. <laughs> Hom does not. Just, Hom puts that shit down. Yeah, that is a gift for Hom as far as Hom is concerned. <laughs> yeah, that's your Hom gift. <laughs> oh, did you bring liquor? That's for my mouth. That's for me. Yeah. Thank have, you. Have you seen how tall I am? <laughs> yeah. And then uh, and then he plays the gong. Yep. <laughs> Once again, drunk as shit and playing the gong. He doesn't seem as drunk in this one. No, no. He's yeah. He doesn't seem particularly drunk. I think the. I mean, he's constantly drinking. Yeah, but I think like he 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 just has a base level. I my theory is that his species like actually like the alcohol fills from their feet up. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so it helps with balance. Yeah, 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 exactly. yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. like a weight thing. Yeah, it's ballast. Yeah, so yeah, yeah ballast. Yeah. There you go. And and like it doesn't really start hitting until it like gets up into your guts. Yeah, yeah. So you can just fill your legs with booze all the time. Yeah, that makes. And sense. it just gives you a lower center of gravity, which is helpful. Yeah, it's useful when the yeah. when the boost especially starts when you're a big tall guy. Yeah, yeah, big tall noodly guy like Tom is. Yeah, that's a that's a good theory. Yeah, I like it. Uh, but yeah, I I got to appreciate the both. The way that it's written and the way that both uh, um, Spiner and uh, and Patrick Stewart's performance of the way that Picard manages to uh, to parry her advances. <laughs> so they're in they're they're in this dinner and 
uh, Hom starts playing the gong, and Picard mentions it, and then he's like, huh, you know, I wonder how many other uh, yeah. cultures have some kind of a thing that they do surrounding yeah i wrote i wrote down picard with the checkmate out of nowhere yeah <laughs> like just oh uh, you didn't see that bishop did you nope because <laughs> data's a bishop yeah in my head it seems right it seems like he could move diagonally he seems like a diagonal guy yeah 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 but so then data comes down <laughs> and gets to just do the fucking data dump yep like for uh, fucking ever for, apparently like yeah what <laughs> seems like it must have been legitimately at least an hour because and he's delighted because no one's telling him to stop yeah and he's he goes through cuz i thought i think we heard chunks of at least three or four different anecdotes that he was telling and as well it was all like episode, oh god i hate this about me but it was like some of those are episodes i recognize <laughs> and i'm like oh fucking <laughs> Well, at least the writers know this show sucks, too. That <laughs> <laughs> this show is designed to dry out pussy. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, good job, Data. I want. I do want to like actually get into sort of the ethics of how Picard is using Data there, because he's basically like humiliating him. I mean, Data... I mean, is, is it humiliation if Data... Yeah, never experiences any humiliation. Yeah, I would, I, I would, I would stop short of calling it humiliation, but it definitely is using. Well, I mean, it's like having an autistic friend that you call over to cockblock for you, basically. Right. Which, like, the only way, the only way that works is in sort of a mutual aid situation. Right. It only it's like you use your charisma to help your autistic friend through life. And then you use his anti-charisma to shut down situations you don't want to be a part of. Yeah, and the only way it works on an ethical level is if everybody knows what they're there for and they're right. cool Which with it. Data absolutely did not know what he was there for. And no. he, he went home being like, that was a nice night. Yeah. I got to tell some stories. Yeah, and he even tried- People were very interested in my, my chemical analysis of brown dwarfs. He even tried telling Picard another story on the walk. Mm-hmm. And Picard's like, nope. Yeah, it really bummed me out. Yeah, that that part did, that part was kind yeah, of a bummer. That part kind of grossed me out. Yeah, um, which clearly the writers have no idea. Um, nope, and because uh, they don't have friends, they don't no. know how, no. how it's supposed to go. Um, I, yeah, I mean, if you don't consider data a fully formed person, which I believe we had an episode about that, we recently. did, we did have an episode about uh, that. But if you don't consider him. A fully formed person, fucking masterpiece. Yeah, uh, by Picard. So I do want to talk. Uh, so going back to kind of the uh, taking the show at face value, um, there are multiple things within, especially uh, in in the beginning of the episode, that uh, all lead to the conclusion that the organization within Starfleet is just fucking dog shit. Mm. So mm. first, Picard enters the ho- or the uh, the transporter room. The fish people get beamed aboard, and he starts talking to them. Right, and they're catatonic. And then he's like, "I actually knew they were catatonic the whole time. Why'd you talk to him? Why were you even here? Why'd you talk? You could have been doing something. I, I assume you have other shit to do. Yeah. And then Pulaski is there. She goes and examines them, and she's like, "Well, it's going to take us some time to get sick bay ready. Why?" Yeah, didn't you know this is what you, you were going to do? You knew they were coming. Why is your shit not ready? So yeah, organization. And then 
uh, lastly, a new ambassador is just foisted upon the ship and setting aside all the other things that are wrong with Loaxana Troy, just out of nowhere being like, hey, here's another ambassador you're taking. Yep. Your orders show up literally two minutes after the ambassador's ship has contacted you and telling her she's telling you she's coming aboard. Yep. Yeah, I've worked at organizations like this, and it sucks dick. Yeah. It uh, works almost like a government. Mm. Yeah. Like a bad one, though. Yeah. Yeah. Like a big, just a giant intergalactic government. Well, let's not let's not get all down on government. <laughs> um, all giant organizations are are shitty at things. Yeah, that's kind of true. Gong. I just wrote gong in giant block letters. Yeah, I did too. <laughs> <laughs> um, after the dinner, you get we have that scene in Picard's ready room with uh, Riker and Troy and Picard. Oh, hang on. First of all, after the dinner, um, Luxana goes back to her quarters. Or no, so Picard leaves. Luxana goes to bed, and then uh, and then oh, uh, Hom cleans up. Yeah, let's say <laughs> ha- let's say Hom cleans up. <laughs> cleans up by chugging all the alcohol. Just on the table. every drink on the tables. <laughs> well, we're not going to leave that. Yeah. <laughs> like, what am I going to do? Waste it? Yeah, it's already poured out. Yeah, it goes bad if you. Yeah. Anyway. Um, and then, yeah, so Picard has the brilliant idea of, what if I just hide in the holodeck? Well, first, the, I mean, he comes up with that oh, idea right. because... Yeah. Be- yeah, because he's in the in the ready room. Right. With- and Riker is barely... Reti- which, this is the one thing that made me feel not as bad for Riker when, he, when, when she tries to mm. fucking harangue him into marrying her later. Yeah, Riker had it coming. He is barely containing his fucking just cackling laughter at Picard's situation. Yeah. Um, and because, also... Well, when you think about it we'll in terms it, of... Like, when, when you think about it in terms of the reality, because obviously our perception, we think she's a fucking horrible person. But the reality of this situation, like, these guys are in this situation. So better or worse, and, and, and you can examine it all you want, but the bottom line is they are... Are, uh, they're they're escorting a diplomat, and there like there are rules of propriety that they're fucking held to, and so they can't just be like bitch, fuck off. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, I did write down like, why won't anybody just tell her? F- fucking no. Yeah, no, we're not having a wedding. What the fuck are you talking about? But it's like, well, she's a fucking diplomat, and you're this is a really big part of your job. So. Yeah. Yeah, I guess you can't. And so that that scene with Riker... She shouldn't be a diplomat. No, but she that's actually a, shouldn't be, but like that's, you know, again... That's a her government kind of situation, <laughs> yeah. not the chip situation. Yeah, and so that whole thing with Riker, like barely able to, to contain his laughter really rang true to me because like... That is kind of what happens when somebody else is <laughs> when somebody else is just in a shit fucked situation, and you're just sitting there watching like <laughs> glad <laughs> it's, glad it's not me. Whoopsie Daisy, <laughs> yeah, sucks for you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then we got to your second least favorite part about this episode. Well, so I also want to say in that Riker in that Riker scene where him and Troy are sitting there, and it's like. He's like, yeah, Troy told me about this when we first started seeing each other, which it's like, what are what are you guys? Do you, are you guys fucking still yeah, or like, I, whatever? Who who fucking cares? I don't know. But then she's like, well, it quadruples at least, and he's just like, yeah, woo. <laughs> <laughs> well, he says quadruples, and she's like, at least, and he's like, 
Oh, really? And, like, there's a hint of fear. It's like yeah, that, but like fear and excitement. No, excite- he's not. It's he, that mix of fear and excitement. In he's his not voice. a good enough actor to play that. He's just like <laughs> he just looks like he got some free ice cream. <laughs> like he's just like oh, you don't say. Um, so this isn't going to mean very much to you, but to any listeners who ha- who are more familiar with the show than you are, one of the characters that shows up in the holodeck scene, one of the uh, NPCs. Uh, that shows up and like uh, tries to kick his ass is uh, the actor who plays Gowron, who is a Klingon, uh, who is eventually like he's one of the uh, longest running recurring Klingon characters. He's he eventually becomes like the leader of the Klingon Empire. Mm. That was just a okay. I thought I recognized him and I looked it up and that was him. And this is his first appearance. That was, it was this episode was that actor's first uh, appearance in the series. Anyway, so backing up a little bit from that, um, Picard goes into the holodeck to play right. detective, <laughs> at which point I said, oh, come on. Yeah. <laughs> you were so mad. You were so mad. Because <laughs> let's just fold another thing I hated in this episode. <laughs> Fucking let's go. So uh, I thought that what what I thought was really funny about the holodeck episode or the holodeck portion was it really did uh, ring like, and both his interaction and Loxana's interaction with the holodeck, in fact, um, spoke like uh, older people interacting with new technology. Mm. You know, because Picard the entire time. Oh yeah, no, Loxana fucking nails the like old person trying to get the computer to do something. Right. Or at least she did like pre-2015. Now it'd be like, Computer, show me another old person promoting a pedophile conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, so because Picard goes in and he's supposed to be acting as this character and interacting with the the fucking uh, the holodeck, but like he goes into the bar with the other characters and then they start talking about uh, like their the time period they're in is like pre World War Two. And uh, one of them's like, "Well, the the you know, it's not pre World War Two. It's it's mid World War Two before the US right, pre, yeah, pre, yeah, pre yeah. pre U.S. entry into World War Two, um, and uh, and she's like, "Well, that we need to not get involved." And Picard's like, "Actually, the U.S. involvement in World War Two, the, this then this and this, this is was like, fucking brutal." John Luke, John Luke, they're the computer. Also, he says developments in fission. What developments in fission are you specifically talking about, John Luke? You know, energy. But what, like, what, what specific deployment um, in fission that they use in World War II, John just, Luke? Just you know, they figured out a way to make. Lots Were there two? Give me two specific examples, John Luke. Oh well, eventually it became power. Plants. Give me two specific examples <laughs> while the war was still being prosecuted, John Luke. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a bad thing to That's not a good thing to celebrate, John Luke. Yeah. Um and then uh yeah, Loaxana finally figures out where he's been hiding. Oh, not until <laughs> Okay, so first Loaxana goes on her dick hunt shipwide, which means that she definitely mm. encountered Mark White somewhere on the ship. Mm. And it was like, no, no, I don't think so, man. <laughs> I'd like to, I, I like to think that Mark considered it because Emily's been getting on his nerves. Oh, I think she, she shot him down. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cause he's like, he's too low level. I mean, she's, That's true. she's, I mean, she started with the captain. She's working her way down the, the like 
org chart. Okay, so we also know, uh, obviously, the interaction with uh, with Mark is well, and honestly, I think Mark and Emily they they're probably doing okay. Like the ship hasn't been in yeah, it's, mortal they peril had, for yeah, a while. They haven't had any like existential crises for a while. It's more it's been more like like the bridge crew has been in danger a lot, but yeah. like they're they. The ship's been fine. Plus, they're headed to a planet called Pacifica, which has to that have oceans. That sounds fucking great. It's got to have oceans, which means that... I don't know why you'd call it that if it wasn't fucking yeah. awesome. Um, and I forget which one of them's a marine biologist. Is it? It's Emily. Emily's it's a Emily, marine. Yeah. Which means she's going to be happy. Yeah. She's going to have a project to work on. They're probably doing good. Good yeah. for them. Yeah, I think they're doing good. Yeah. Yeah. Good for them. I'm happy for them. Um, we really needed Raymore to check in with every week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um... So, yeah, as you said, she's like working her way through the entire crew, which after she gives a a full and credible look at uh, at uh, Wes. Right. Like not good. She doesn't just go child. No, no, he's he's she he's, gives him the full up and down. She's like, well, this- he's old enough to to fuck. Yeah. Yeah. He's definitely old like, enough to fuck. Not. No way he's good at it. No. He he has not done it. No, and also it's not responsible. It's not ethical at all. Yeah, no, no. I mean, not, not, nothing she's setting out to do is ethical, but that is... Yeah, that's not okay. Especially not ethical. Yeah, because he... I mean, yeah, he never fucked the bear girl. No, God, no. Yeah, yeah. no. Um, She's about Worf, which, again, going back to how she should just be fucking her way through the ship... Yes, like, dude, it, like, yeah, like if you just want to get... If you just need some pipe... Yeah. Worf... Yeah, if you just need to check dr- out Worf and also Data. Yeah, just, true, true. Just bounce between those two cabins until you get this just out of your system. Fucking get get those two guys together. Get it, have them run the run an Eiffel Tower <laughs> oh, God. on you. Oh. <laughs> that wasn't where I was going with that at all. That's <laughs> just a fucking just just get yourself spit roasted by Worf and Data. Just imagine Data spouting facts about. <laughs> Just talking about the actual Eiffel Tower. <laughs> I was. Oh, I was, oh, I've delighted myself. I was thinking about Data just really analytically describing the various different things that three people can do sexually. Because <laughs> you know he's got some moves that like. We and, and then Worf being like, "Well, the Klingons have a ritual that." Yeah. And I mean, if you're gonna have a three way like Worf and Di- well, she might get injured. Is the other uh, that's that's true. They would, yeah, yeah. Those two would snap her in half. Yeah. Mm. Um, and as a matter of fact, we get uh, well, spoilers. Uh, but next week, Worf's gonna get laid. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, that's yeah, gonna be pretty cool. Um, I love seeing my boys succeed. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I oh, oh also so after that they leave that area. And she walks on and goes, okay, who's next? Okay, so before all of this, I just want to briefly divert into my computer conspiracy theory. Oh, yeah, we haven't touched on that for a while. But there's there's a lot going on here with the computer. Okay. So, I mean, first of all, Picard is like, I want to relax by going into a film noir, which not a, nope. I mean, some people relax by reading those novels. It's, it's right, but being in one is yeah. But I swing you can, and a miss. Yeah, yeah. You can you can see the logic, but he keeps telling the computer like, no, I want less violence, more ambiance, and the computer keeps just just bringing just him different, trying different harder different and harder to kill him. <laughs> yeah, 
Um, that's all. That was, that well, was really that's that's this week on com- computer conspiracy theory is that Picard's giving the computer vague instruction is like okay. Um, and no, and I'll I'll <laughs> uh, I'll I'll add some uh, some fuel to that fire because it does bring him more ambient uh, ways of getting killed. Because it first brings in the kind of hey, give a it guy who tries right. who and says it he's going to kill like him. Like a Western, like a Clint Eastwood uh, character. Well, and it, it brings in the guy with the the actor who plays Gowron, who's got a scar on his face, and he walks in and he's like in the dark, and it's all very you know right. gloomy. And then uh, and then the next one is the same guy from the first scene, except he busts through the door with a Tommy gun. Uh, and yeah, I think the argument could be made that that is uh, kind of a you know an escalating uh, amount of of ambiance. Sure. I would consider Tommy Guns to yeah. be film noir well, ambiance. Yeah, again, like, yes, you could say that. Yeah. The computer could say that. Yeah. And the computer is going to say that when it tries to kill <laughs> the captain. Yeah. <laughs> um but uh but yeah, so she's she 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 works her, she she meets up with uh with Wes and Worf in the uh, freaking th- so they're in the transporter room which just, just looking at the fish guys exactly which like first went all, down there because he because he likes the way they look which uh, whatever worth being normal fine right why is well did, back, did he say like hey wesley come with me back it back it up a little bit because i mean wes is like a curious kid so maybe i sure. can i can kind of see that yeah sure. but back it up realize that Pulaski said, first of all, why the fuck is Pulaski's uh, sick, does not have her sick base set up for it, but you realize the amount of time that's passed by the time that scene takes place? Yeah, it's been like a day. Yeah. Yeah. And they're still waiting in the That's true. Room. Like, they had dinner. Yeah. It's the next day. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Seems- One it, would assume. Yeah, it certainly seems to be, by all by by all indications. Hmm. Um, yeah, that was problematic. But yeah, so that she decides that she's not going to get uh, take either of them. And she asks Tom, who's next? And Tom just goes, just puts his hand over <laughs> yeah. his eyes. Possibly my favorite part of this episode, <laughs> other than the secret thing that I'm going to tell you at the end. So let's... let's. But t- yeah, the the, the, the Hom pantomiming Jordy, who, by the way, does not show up on this episode ever. Yeah. Just never. Yeah. It's just implied that she's going to go... Yeah, LeVar had the week off. But she's still going to go try to find him. So how do we think that went? I think he was busy. Yeah. Because like she got she got all cunty about like the captain's on captain's business. What's more important than me? It's like Yeah. He's the captain of the spaceship you're on. Yeah. Jordy's the head of engineering, which is arguably more important than captain. And and re- realistically, uh as opposed to uh where she finds Riker later on where even if he is ostensibly busy doing you know commanding the ship on the bridge he's not actually he's just sitting in the chair and waiting for something to happen kind of whereas right. he could answer a phone yeah. and do the same job um whereas jordy uh typically doing he his job in engineering, engineering he's like walking around engineering going up and down ladders and shit yeah. so he could very easily have you know seen her coming uh also i want to know like like how long would it have taken? How, how long would it have taken? And what's the conversation like amongst the crew people? Because 
Wes, uh, the scene mm. with Wes and Worf, that's not, those are not the first people that she's trolled after. So she's been looking right. for a while after she's given up on Picard. Right. Like everybody's probably sending texts like, hey, watch out for this yeah. crazy old bitch. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, w- I would love to, uh, I, w- I would love to know what those conversations look like. Yeah. Um, Let's all imagine it. Yeah. Just for a moment. Just go to your mind palace. Mm. Mm. Yes. Good text. Yep, there it is. Okay. Good texts. This has been Mind Palace Corner. Yeah, that might be the that might be the meme for this episode. Is I'm just going to make up a text conversation between Worf and somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> make up a text conversation between Worf and Jordy about Luoxana trolling for Dick. <laughs> yep. 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 That's. Um, if you want help with that, let me know. Yep. Uh, what else happened in this episode? Oh, well, so they she uh, goes. To, so she goes to the bridge finally. Right. Um, she tells Troy's like, what the fuck are you doing up here? You can't just walk in here. And she says, oh, I came up on the turbo tube or something. And I wrote down, yeah, she's looking for some turbo tube. (laughs) But also back to like not knowing technology and shit. There are elevators on planets. Right. You could just say elevator. She she should know either the word elevator or the word turbo lift. Right. It's not some weird foreign technology that that, she's never seen before. That. Elevates my suspicion that she's just got turbo tube on the mind. <laughs> she's trolling for turbo tube. Uh, yeah, and she does what is arguably the most despicable thing uh, that she does in the entire episode and yeah. uh, steals her daughter's boyfriend. And by stealing, I mean, it would be more despicable if she actually like seduced him. Yeah, I like guess. Like a graduate situation or something. Yeah. But like she just grabs him and says we're getting married yeah without having said one word about it to, to him. him at all yeah which is like that's not a very good steal yeah i gotta say yeah it's bad um and he's just like and like that was the point and i know like yes it's a diplomat and we have to like have kid gloves or whatever but like that was the point where we're like someone say no yeah just someone say no to this horrible person yeah yeah somebody. just be like n- no, I'm not marrying you. Yeah. This is psychotic. Yeah, it's genuinely deranged behavior. File a complaint with the with Starfleet about yeah. how I wouldn't Re- marry yeah. you. Yeah, report me to my superior officer. Please, I'm begging for you. For refusing begging to you, marry you. I'm begging you to file a report about this. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so she finally finds out where Picard's been hiding. Uh, and this is where I think Picard makes a really big mistake by making her come with him off the holodeck. Yeah, she. He, yes, he I agree. He could have just, just let her stay. Just let that play out. Yeah. For however long this takes for her to get through this part of her life. Yeah, or until you're at the place where you can tell her to get the or fuck that, off the yeah. ship. Or just be like, okay, this was actually all bullshit. Goodbye. Yeah. See you later. Yeah. Again, file a complaint. Yeah. I welcome your complaint. Yeah. Best case scenario... Uh, she gets some dick from the holodeck. Yeah. Uh, which I kind of want to... So all of a sudden in the last scene, uh, she seems to have her telepathy like back on... Uh, like, Yeah, it, back on... Yeah it's, yeah. Ba- yeah, it's back on Clerk and, and she reads the fish people's brains. Uh, oh, which... Oh my God. The fucking scene when they wake up... And, <laughs> and they're just... They're just it fucking makes, horking down fish 
fish. Okay, so again, Worf is like obsessed with how attractive this fish race is uh, to the point where he's just hanging out. There's no reason for him to be in uh he's just vibing in sick bay he's vibing while he's just like hey can i can i hang out while they wake up you guys want you can you just let me know when they wake up and i come hang out and just see and they wake up and uh she's like oh wharf get the bucket of slop that they're that they're gonna eat and Worf brings it over opens it up and sticks both hands into the goop and like scoops it up to show it to them Oh, I'm so glad Worf's going to get laid next week. Mm, he needs it. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So here's the big reveal about the fish people. Uh-huh. Um, well, first of all, they were assassins. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that Data immediately scans them for the explosive chemical in their robes. Yeah. Why wasn't that part of your normal scanning process? <sighs> Who, Don't whatever. worry about it. Yeah. Anyway, so I saw in the credits leading into this episode... Uh, special guest star Mick Fleetwood, who is the drummer for Fleetwood Mac, one of the most successful rock bands of all time. And I immediately did some frantic fucking Googling, and he is the taller of the two fish people. (laughs) (laughs) So the entire time, whenever we went to the fish people, I was like, there's Mick Fleetwood. (laughs) That... That is, uh, that's outstanding. It's incredible. Yeah. And it's the only thing that got me through this, really. Uh, yeah, that's pretty fucking incredible. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I had- and it's, it's the, and it's not just like another guy named Nick Fleetwood. It is the founding member of Fleetwood Mac, who for whatever reason, was just on this one episode of Star Trek The Next Generation. I mean he must as a fish man. Yeah, he must have just uh he must have just liked That's the to, only thing I can imagine. Yeah. Cause like the residuals from his albums would be thousands of times as much as you could have gotten paid for this. Yeah. Um all right. That's uh, that's it for this episode. So I already told you one of the plot elements that happens next week, but next week's episode is called The Emissary. Would you like to guess what else happens? Uh, War fucks an emissary. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's... It's a Klingon one? Yeah. Okay. I think she's half Klingon or something. Mm. Uh, kind but... of a Klingon situation, though. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Real I'm actually looking forward to that. The Klingon episodes have been good so far. Yeah, I can't remember if this one's particularly good or not. It's a season two episode, so odds are not mm, good. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so uh, listeners, thank you for joining us. As always, you can get t-shirts by clicking on the link in the show description. You can find us on twitter.com, at Neil at whoisjackgun, and at shipfacts. You can get us on Instagram, at Star Trek Sucks. You can follow us on Facebook, Um and uh, there's probably something else that I'm forgetting. I think you can email us. No, don't don't do that though. Yeah, don't. Email That'd be us. an insane thing to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wondered what you were googling. <laughs> Going out on Fleetwood Mac, uh, baby. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> uh.